Welcome to Advice Not Taken with Jamie Kilstein. I'm your host, Jamie Kilstein. I'm a comedian. I'm good at uh, ma- making mistakes. I'm good at fixing them. And I'm, I'm really good at giving advice that oftentimes uh, I do not listen to. Uh, today we have, I'm very, very excited for my co-host for episode one, uh, Caitlin Howe. She's a poet. I thought you were a podcaster briefly because you've had my favorite episodes on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. Uh, no offense to every like, because I know he's also just had like uh, uh, ayahuasca shamans from Peru. And I'm like, yeah, my buddy Caitlin's cooler than that shit. Um, so I've heard you on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. That's how I discovered you. You're part of Fit for Service. You're a poet, uh, a writer, and you're fucking great. That's my intro Thank for you. Thank you. What a compliment. Thank I'm... you for coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, up against all those other guests on that show. That's a big compliment. That's a lot of guests. <laughs> but I, on this show, have had zero guests. So you're already the <laughs> best guest on this one. Yes. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We, when I got offered a podcast, I've always wanted to talk about mental health. Um, but I think, I think you've kind of gone through this too, where there is something about comedy that goes hand in hand with being mm. uh broken and mm. i don't know if it's a good thing i don't know if we're enabling people to use comedy to mask their problems i don't think we are but i think that <laughs> if you have been through the shit you like the funniest people i know uh rid- riddled in trauma I've never met a funny person who was like, yeah, just my trust fund kicked in and everything's (laughs) been good and my parents are still married. Like everybody I know who is funny or cool. Like you go to an AA meeting and that shit is funnier. They're hysterical. (laughs) They're so funny because they've been through it. Um, So I figured that we would do a podcast about it and we'll give advice. But yeah, I think that I mean, I think that anybody that I want to listen to talk about advice or guidance or anything like that has to go through has to go through the shit first they have to live in that human experience and just be able to find some pearls of humor in it yeah to alchemize it well even like when (laughs) when i started digging into self-help i i it was during covid and i had a breakup and then my cat died this in the same week Uh, And then COVID happened, like, in a row. And I was like, all right, well, I either kill myself or, like, get a Tony Robbins book. (laughs) And so I started, like, looking into self-help stuff. And even Tony Robbins, who's, like, a bazillionaire and, like, seven feet tall or whatever, he, like, came from such trauma. Like, his mom was, like, abusive to him. And I feel like... Even the people listening right now who are like in it, right, who are going through it. It's not just childhood. And I've been there Mm -hmm. recently. I'm sure you have. They knowing that there is a lesson to be learned and knowing that you can get something out of it for me really, really helps. And maybe the thing I get out of it is we get to help other people and 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 that's cool too that kind of makes it worth it yeah i think that you know going through some of these things and being able to be to have a moment where you're like what the fuck yes like how is all of this happening to me at the same time and just that moment (laughs) where you're like 
you're able to laugh at the shitstorm of yes. life is so relieving. It's a fucking superpower. Yesterday, so I was super depressed two days ago, and then yesterday, I killed it. Like I woke <laughs> up and I was just like everything. Everything's better. Yesterday was fine. I did these like two sold out shows for Dave Smith. I got all these like new fans and he tweeted about me and I just started getting like hundreds of messages. And so my dopamine levels are up <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the fucking gym. And I went to the gym and I killed that. And literally the sun is setting. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm outside of 10 planet jujitsu and I'm looking at the sunset and I'm like, man, I'm so fucking proud of myself. Like you did it, man. And I get in my car and I drive. I don't know, 10 seconds. And I just hear like, and I got a flat tire. And I. It's balance, baby. It's balance, baby. <laughs> it is balance. And, but the old version of me would have gone fucking see, and I would have yeah. thrown out all the good shit. Mm. And I would have forgot about the fucking sold out shows, things that matter more than I have to pay $200 for a fucking tire. Right. Um, and I just laughed and I was like, yep. This yeah. is going to keep me humble. And I just like waddle hopped my fucking car back to 10th planet. And I, I remember I walked in and I was like, who here is more of a man than me? And then one of my coaches was like, what do you need? I was like, I don't know how to change a tire. I got dad issues. And so then he helped me change my tire and we became closer and I fucking drove and it was fine. And yeah. I woke up this morning and it was fine. But dude, like when you said the, uh, the thing about just, if you make lists, and you just go this bad thing, this bad thing, yeah. this bad. You will brainwash yourself into being like, my life sucks. Because I, again, the old version of me, 100% would have done that yesterday. And I think that that's part of why we see so many people who've been through the most unbelievable trauma and shit step into comedy. Because it actually takes you out of that zone where you're just fixated on how bad your life is. And it yeah. turns it into something beautiful that actually creates the highest frequency of being yes. through laughter dude where it's it all becomes valuable it's like this is my material yeah like my, my life material which by the way has definitely gotten me in trouble before <laughs> yeah. where you know if you're in vegas and these two shady girls are like you can we come back up to your hotel room the comedian part of you goes oh i gotta do it for the story <laughs> even though it's like in reality i'm like no i want to get married and have children i don't need these stories anymore i'm a 40 year old fucking man so a lot of times and even with like drinking or stuff like that there have been times where i've started drinking again again as a 40 year old being like well this is what comics do Mm -hmm. Comics need to have the story about, oh, I went out and I had shit face and I did this with a that and blah, blah, blah. Instead of there aren't many comedians who are like, hey, who here likes uh, meditating and grounding? <laughs> Everyone's like, boo, yeah. get the fuck out of here. So that's a balance too. But your point, especially for regular non-comedy people, I think is true. And then we can get into we can get into the topics. But uh, I, I, I remember specifically I would – when people would interview me and oftentimes I, I don't get the question much anymore, but I used to get the question a lot where people would say, uh, you know, were you the class clown? And I was like, nope, the class clown beat the shit out of me and called me gay and was a horrible person. Like the class clown was usually a hack. Yeah, he was the bully. He was the racist. He was the sexist. He was the one who yelled at the teacher. He was fucking quoting shitty movies. The comedians oftentimes were the ones just sadly in the corner with the black eye, like journaling. And I remember the moment, if I can trace back when laughter first helped me, 
it wasn't, you know, oh, I was watching Bill Hicks or George Carlin. It was literally one of my family members was being taken to the hospital and me and my brothers were like gathered around in my room because I was the oldest and it was silent and it was tense and it was fucking horrible. And then the second one of us made a joke and it was an inappropriate joke because what was happening was horrific. Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember what it was, but it certainly wasn't like, hey, guy walks into a bar. It was like something about like, oh, mom's going to die. Like It was bad. And we all started laughing so hard. And the second we started laughing, suddenly we could problem solve. Suddenly we could go, okay. It burst the bubble. Definitely. And then you get to go, now what do we do about it? So we hope this is what uh, this show becomes. We, I'm sure we'll talk about heavy stuff like suicide and depression, which I've dealt with. But I also want to talk about relationships and 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 goofy shit that's uh, happening in the news. So <laughs> we can talk about that first. All right. Here's guys. Not only are we in a professional podcast studio. But I took notes, and if you've listened to me <laughs> podcasting before, I've never, I've never taken notes. Um, we don't really have a name for this segment, but the first segment that we're going to start to do is we're going to do either advice to celebrities or mm. advice mm-hmm. to anything going on in the news. It could be. I don't want to be political on this show, but it could be if if we start a war and I have to give advice to Joe Biden to just fucking don't start a war. It, <laughs> it, it could be that. Uh, but this week, it's the, the world of pop culture. And I thought people would stop talking about this. But people are still talking about this. And so we will talk about. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to give advice and we're not just going to gossip and like beat people when they're down. Didn't someone get canceled today for cheating? But I never heard of them. It was trending on Twitter. It was this weird fucking name. It was one of those things where you see it and you realize that uh, I don't know shit about pop culture because everyone's making fun of them. They're calling him Ned. The Try Guys? Yeah, one of the Try Guys. Who are the Try Guys? From BuzzFeed. It's like four guys who try things that dudes don't do usually. Well, dudes do have affairs, so he <laughs> fucked that up, I guess. Um, it's like, bro, that's hacky. Of course. Wow. They kicked him off. They kicked him out of the group. He got kicked out. He got kicked out of the Try Guys. Wow. For having an affair. I mean, oh, maybe Adam Levine. I mean, I have like serious thoughts on this because like I got in trouble for having an affair a decade ago and it was shitty and horrible and I shouldn't have done it and I hate it. And like the amount of shame I've had. And by the way, it wasn't like me standing outside of comedy clubs just like trying to get like side pieces every night. It was me desperately failing to fix a relationship that wasn't working and being too scared to get out of it. And then the second I like the second I slept with this girl, like I wish I was a scumbag. The second I slept with her, I was like, I love you because I, and I just immediately was just like, okay, how can I be married to two people? And, and you go crazy by the way, like people, I'm sure we have married friends who fantasize about it and they go, oh, it'd be fucking great if I could have these one night stands. Nope, it's not great. There's nothing like hot or sexy about it. It's just panic all the time. I was thinking about this the other day when uh, 
one day I'll write about it, but I was thinking about it where my dumb, dumb brain said, uh, well, this is going to save, if I have this affair, this is going to save my relationship, Mm. which is essentially like being too afraid to quit your job. So instead you just get three more jobs. (laughs) And suddenly I was like, one of these is just going to fall off naturally. So yeah, I'm not going to get any sleep. I'm going to be constantly scared. I'm running on adrenaline and fear. And, uh, yeah, but this idea, and then I'll, I'll, I'll shut up about it because I want want your take, but this, this idea that like you're done, that like you're just fired when so many people, you know how many like girlfriends of mine with families are like, bro, you got to stop feeling shame about that. Like I've had affairs, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's not good. And it's something we should work towards and also kind of examine why so many people have affairs. Yeah. Um, but losing your job over and everyone's just like ripping on this guy on Twitter. And maybe this guy is a fucking scumbag, right? Maybe he's doing it cause he's a narcissist. Maybe he, whatever. But to just be like, you have an affair so you can never come back or you can't work. I don't that's, see how that's going to heal yeah, anybody. It's, that's some, I thought of that when I finally looked at the Adam Levine coverage and I was just like, damn, he's going to be, he's not going to be done because it's Maroon 5 and he's right. Adam Levine. But in certain senses, like, I don't know when this washes off. It stays It'll there define for, him for a so bit. long, like probably a decade at least, yeah. you know, and, and for some people always because it's so... Um, disruptive to people to to hear about this and for some reason we hold anybody in the spotlight to this like superhuman expectation where you're not supposed to fuck up at all and you're not supposed to have confusing emotions or like make mistakes or have addictions or any of these things and so it's just like you're in an even bigger arena to to, uh, there's there's this one quote that's like um, you're only as faithful as your options or something like that. So it's like, if you already have these broken musicians or whatever, who become artists, you know, like people are like, he was married to a Victoria's secret model. How can he cheat? It's like, well, cause there's something broken inside. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to do with, Oh, this girl's hotter than my Victoria's Secret's yeah. wife, or you know. That really what... just points to our like hierarchy of well, if you if you've got Victoria's Secret model, then you've hit the apex partner, and like you can. That's it. You're just an idiot. Yeah. Why didn't the try guy just fucking date a Victoria's Secret model and then <laughs> right? And but what do you think is? What do you think? I mean, I want to say the solution, hmm. but. Like, how do you get better? Because, you know, is it shaming someone? Because, again, I don't want to defend cheating um, because I wish I didn't. I should have gotten out of my relationship and I haven't cheated since and blah, blah, blah. But I, I feel like this isn't the answer, right? Yeah, I think that there's... So this is a whole ass thing. <laughs> there's so much I could say on it, but... Really, um, with there's kind of two perspectives here, and one is, to me, and one is on one hand, we have to kind of soften and allow for the fact that people have are human beings and they have complex yeah. inner worlds, yes. and there's going to be moments of stumbling, and um, you know, there's a little bit of just taking into the taking into account 
that we get really fixated on these things as a as a collective because there's some aspect of us that's all seeking to actually relate it's like when we see these right like celebrities that right. make a mistake it's actually we're we're kind of like yeah like from lens yeah. like consuming it because it's like on some level it makes us feel better about right. because we know that there are aspects of ourselves in what we're if seeing. the move like jagger guy fucks other girls then i can fuck <laughs> other girls so like yes there's hope yeah and uh, by the way as soon as i googled his uh his story move like jagger got stuck in my head for hours yeah and i don't even understand how that happened i didn't read you the know all these motherfuckers either. on twitter burying him <laughs> pretending like there's not at least one maroon five song they like what you're liars liars <laughs> also him and blake shelton's dynamic on the voice so this is for like one person listening they were so cute there was part of me hoping that he cheated with blake shelton and then i'd be like <laughs> finally they can be together like that would have made me really happy um yeah dude what you're saying makes so much sense. I mean, I think that you actually said it in a much more positive way because I would have yeah, said there's a, there's a negative way to say no, it. no, Look no. But I, too, but I actually. like that because I would have been like people like watching celebrities get buried so they don't have to confront their own shit. But also the way true. you phrased it was kind of why we wanted to do this podcast, which is. You know, I get the most DMs from people telling me I help them, not when I give some piece of advice I think is fucking profound. But when I just go, man, I'm struggling today and people go, Oh, thank God. Yeah. And I feel that way too. Like if I, if I'm struggling and I hear like a, like a UFC fighter, I like, or a pro wrestler, I like talk about depression. I go, but that guy's a badass. Like he faces it too. Yeah. And so maybe there is something, I mean, here's a, I think it's both. I think, I think, I think on some level we like to, you know, hold our popcorn and point and yeah. distract and just associate from life. And, and, then on the and other it's hand, what it's you do with it because it comes from the same place. And then you get to decide as the viewer, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to see something like that and not participate in the pylon and go wolf, like being humans fucking hard? Or do you want to go, ha ha, look at the mm -hmm. famous hot guy who got busted. Now I can go back to feeling shitty about, yeah. Oh, now I, I don't have to feel shitty about myself tonight, right? And, you know, something I've never said, I don't think on any podcast. Maybe I said it when I did Jim and Sam on Sirius, but it was right after a breakup and I was uh, I was struggling. But people are taking, people are talking about John Mulaney right now in, in the trending topics. And I don't know if you know I John. I don't know who John so, is. John, I love the fact that you don't know anything about <laughs> pop culture. It makes I, me... So happy. It makes me mediocre show. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's great. I, 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 I told her cause she left me a voice memo and was like, is it bad that I'm like, Nope, this is why you're happy and healthy and give good advice. So everyone's making fun of John Mulaney. So John Mulaney is this very well-known comic. He's very lovable. Uh, he got me my first manager back in the day. He's probably one of the most famous comics right now. And he's a sweetheart and he was married and he also cheated on his wife and people right now they're comparing him to the try guys person. Because they were like, oh, he made a living off of, you know, loving his wife and blah, blah, blah. Then he cheated on his wife. Mm -hmm. um, I had a moment. I had a moment. I will call myself out where. So when his story came out, so he went back into rehab for drugs. He slept with Olivia Munn, very famous 
I know who she is. Hot actress. Good work. <laughs> That's a good feminist. You don't know who John Mulaney is. That <laughs> cheating. Fucking fuck you, patriarchy. But Olivia Munn. Uh, so gets Olivia Munn pregnant, and they have a baby. Oh, wow. And I remember watching that story. And again, I do not take part in cancel culture. I think John Mulaney, I've had nothing but lovely experiences with him. I think he's one of the best comics in the world. And there was a part of me. And I don't like confessing this. And don't you dare clip this and put it on TikTok. <laughs> this is just for the podcast, people. I Don't you timestamp it. Um, I, I remember seeing, he was trending on Twitter. And I was like, I don't want to look at that shit. But then he went on Seth Meyers' show. And Seth Meyers is a good friend of him, late night. And Seth Meyers brought him on to congratulate him for having a baby. And again, Seth Meyers, I get along with. He's great too. Not throwing him under the bus. Um, but they're really good friends from Saturday Night Live. And he goes, congratulations. I'm really proud of you. And John's like, I'm having a baby. And the audience was like, yay. And then the next day or like the next that week, he was like hosting Saturday Night Live. And now he's doing like arena tours. Like he just played the HEB Center. And there's part of me that I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad John recovered. And then there's another <laughs> part of me that's like, I mean, we did the same thing. <laughs> Except he got to fuck Olivia Munn and do cocaine, which I got to do neither of those things. I just had a fucking sad, pathetic affair and a niche vegan feminist community got mad at me a decade ago. And I had to stop myself from getting bitter and being bitter, like, yeah. why is it okay that he did it? Or, you know, uh, even looking at this, I mean, there could be part of me that sees this guy getting fired and go, oh, good. Or, yeah. oh, Adam Levine or whatever. And, I mean, I, I do have conflicted feelings every time I see. That's totally, I think, part of that whole, like, complex. There's all these complex branches of what's really happening in our in our worlds. Like, we have even sub-perceptive, like, micro-judgments or, like, this gratification of somebody yeah. else suffering. And I think that's definitely a part of that magnetism towards yes. these stories. So do you think... For people listening who have either, let's say, been cheated on. We'll, we'll go with that first. Do you think that there are paths to forgiveness for that, to stay in the relationship? You know, my relationship was fucking over. Um, yeah. But I've also, I've never stayed in a relationship with someone who cheated on me. And I don't know if I could. Uh, but what's your take on that? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah. I I haven't actually been through that process myself. I have been, I used to live in Las Vegas and I have seen. I did not know this. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and I have seen the other side of, you know, um, so many men that come to Vegas and it's like they're getting away from right. their wife and it's like. You see these bachelor parties and these and these things going on. And I've had, like, to be very honest, I've had an, a relationship a long, long time ago for a while with somebody that I found out was married. And then yeah. I was, like, compassionate and had these, you know, like, kind of wishful thinking. About I'm going to try to cancel you so people forget <laughs> yeah, about I'm everything like, I, I said. I shouldn't say this. But, you know what? Um, that's why we brought you here. It's time. <laughs> you and the Try Guys. <laughs> Get out of here. You know what? All right. No, uh, yeah, if it's like like being on in in that seat has done a couple of things for me where 
for one, it kind of fucked me up with marriage. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't actually ever want to get married. No. Y'all. Thanks. I'd rather not be lied to. Right. And so, it, like, there is a real impact. And I think it really all, it all just boils down to how safe do we feel to just be honest about the totality of who we are. And yeah. that, like, truly still, for me, you know, looking at, I want to get married in this, like, I still feel that desire, but I'm like... I just don't want to exchange like getting to know all of who you are with that level of commitment. Yeah. And I think once once you're in that seat, because I haven't been married yet and I haven't stayed in a relationship with somebody who's cheated on me in a successful way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have stayed in them. Right. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it really worked out super well, sure. but um, that doesn't mean it can't. You know, I think those like sometimes these moments of, have having your your spot blown up so to speak they can wake people up and then it hopefully just doesn't like send you into a shame cave where you're like sorry i made a huge mistake yeah. i didn't mean it and then you just like did someone tell you about my shame like, cave <laughs> no that I sounds just, like you've been in my shame cave i've just seen it so yeah. much because it's like i'm going instead of claiming the fullness of like whatever the the desires or the kinks are they just like um you know, compartmentalize it even more and then just like atone Dude, you forever. Dude, you want to know something that's fucked up that I did that I also don't think I've talked about before, which is I would, I ended up in a bunch of comically toxic relationships where like I was being physically abused or emotionally abused or whatever for a while. And, you know, my family was making fun of me about red flags. I mean, these are people who, I remember one of the women, it was our first date. She was gorgeous. This is probably the first girl after the breakup. And on the first date, I thought it's a cute thing to be like, hey, what, uh, you know, what's one of the things you need to work on in a relationship? I'll tell you what I need to work on. We'll fucking knock that out up front. And, you know, I don't That's know. That's great. I thought Where's it was good. Lead? And she goes, <laughs> uh, she goes, I get, I get jealous oftentimes of nothing. And occasionally I've been violent and I was like, I'm in like, we moved in three months later. My type. We moved in. Yeah. And I think part of it was, you know, I was codependent for a while anyway, but after the shame of the, of cheating and getting caught, I was so shocked. Anyone wanted to be with me. And this mm. happened probably for the next eight years that anybody who oh. wanted anything, I would yeah. just be like, we have to lock this down yeah. because there's no fucking way that anyone would want to be with me because I had an affair 10 years ago. Damn. I know. And so yeah. I, and I think a lot of people do that. I think yeah. a lot of people, they feel unworthy or they feel unlovable and they settle or they're like they feel like a failure if they're not married or if they don't yeah. have kids or and I also wonder if that leads to cheating if you know obviously we do not have an open relationship with sex in this country but uh, maybe there's something to the idea that if you don't get married I, and die holding hands on your deathbed you're a fucking failure and maybe a lot of these there is I would say what's that I said 100 percent I think yeah. that's what, I think there's a lot there's so much 
validation that comes with getting married that I don't I don't know that a lot of people are even asking themselves if that's what they want and then they're in it and they're like the only way to be myself is to live two lives yep. and I'm just going to do this and then when it comes out instead of owning it I'm also going to go into my shame cave and yep. I'm just going to repent for the rest of my life and not even look at who I am yeah I mean I remember there was literally a phase where I'm <laughs> having this affair and I was like alone like in bed and I was like good work Jamie you're saving this marriage like you're fucking <laughs> like the shit and I thought I was a crazy sociopath but then I read have you read Esther Perel I feel like you have I've listened to okay, great. some stuff so Esther there. Perel New York Times bestselling author sex therapist some scary accent where is she from Germany? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but she's great. And she wrote a book with a very stupid title. She can never hear this. Don't timestamp this. Um, she wrote a book, I think, called State of Affairs. Get it? And oh, man. But it was the most helpful book for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I read it two years ago because it was all of these people who weren't degenerate scumbag comedians. It was like, a married lawyer who's a mother of three saying the same dumb bullshit I said to justify my dumb bullshit. And suddenly I'm like, oh, this isn't because I was a young idiot. These are actually feelings. People who have affairs. Again, there are scumbags who just want validation and who just want to fuck totally. anything that moves and they don't care about people's feelings. Um, and then there are people who do it like me, who it's a mistake and you're one going crazy and two depressed and suicidal and you're just like i'm a piece of shit i'm fucking yeah. garbage and it's it's not fun and so i think that and that speaks to that there's probably something compelling in it that's pure in a sense because if you're if you're having this much conflict and you're depressed and you're confused and you don't know what and you're like imploding inside yeah. you know um there's probably something in it that like has some kind of value for you that's really important to you and it, you wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't like right. something that you needed to experience in a certain way and i think that's where we get really trip, tripped up with each other is like allowing for things to unfold in life that guide you and teach you and help you get a little bit more clear on yep. what you really want and allowing that to just move through as a teaching experience yeah so but. keep on fucking Adam Levine. <laughs> yeah. You keep doing you, buddy. Sliding into those fucking DMs. I guess, yeah. yeah. It's amazing to me, though. I will say, like, one thing with... Oh, yeah, I made you read the story, and with, we have not even talked about Adam Levine because we just, had to talk about the Try Guys. I'm, so, I'm no. sorry. I, all right, yeah, please. What no, is your Adam I, Levine I just, I, don't I, even have I, am, I am a little bit, um, like, amused and astounded at celebrity men or slip. I guess women, I'm sh I, they don't blast them on the internet if they have if right. this happens. But it's empowering. If they uh, do. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, wow, look go at her. Get, go get her, queen. But yeah. like that, some of like I used to have. I won't name names, but I I did get some DMs from somebody who's a very um, famous person who's married a yeah. couple of years ago, and all my girlfriends did too. Was it Ron Paul? No. Okay. <laughs> that, that was for three political dorks. But I'm sure that like and this, Sarah. <laughs> this guy was for sure like just 
trolling on the internet. Like and straight was, up copy and pasting. I don't know if it was copy and pasting. Yeah. Which that would have been a little bit more did, easy to understand. Did he call you insert like, name here? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. It seemed to like be following what I was doing. And I'm yeah. just like, how are you so famous? And you have this much time to like look at me and all my girlfriend's pages and yeah. DM me. And you're married to this superstar. So it's just really ballsy in a way that almost like alludes to like some kind of unstable. I think that's shit. where like the narcissism stuff comes yeah. in. Where and 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 that, I mean, you've been around really famous people. I've been around really famous people. If they don't have a team that keeps them fucking grounded, I mean, I was around. I remember I did a theater show. It was like a TV gala, so I wasn't on the show with them. So you can't research it with a very famous comedian who has struggled very publicly with like bad drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, not not the fun Burning Man drugs. Um, and <laughs> I was with him and I watched the way his like team of agents like treated him. Anytime he made a joke, they would give him an applause break. This is backstage. Damn. They would just start clapping. And it's like, and I remember one time, I, this story I can tell because he's, still publicly derailing it. It fucking sucks. But like Andy Dick, I hung out with Andy Dick once a couple times actually when he was sober and he was awesome. He was so sweet to me and he was so kind. And then um, he wanted to come to one of my shows and we were talking about, we were talking about our friends who had died. I was telling him about Robin Williams and all the stuff Robin did for me. He told me a story that Chris fucking Farley gave him his copy of his AA book of like the big book before Chris Farley died. I mean, it was so heavy and I was just like, and of course codependent me was like, I'm going to fix Andy Dick. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, I'm going to be the guy. I legitimately thought this. And so we go to my show and the second we get there, all these fucking nobody, just fucking loser comedians who have nothing but like some Instagram followers are trying to offer him coke or trying to offer him booze or trying to offer him all this stuff because they want their I got fucked up with Andy Dick story Mm. forgetting that this is a human being struggling with one of the worst addictions imaginable and I was livid furious and so when you're around all of that stuff you do kind of feel invincible and I think that Mm -hmm. when you start when other people if you're just like fucking women and ghosting them and you're lying to them and you're telling them I'm going to do this with you, babe. And what, and you're telling the same thing to ever that's like scumbag shit. Right. And that's yeah. like, you got to get something fixed. I think that is different. And I than, feel like people that are doing that are not listening for advice. <laughs> right? No, they're like, not listening to the land. No, but yes, but that's, true. you know, that because you're right. Cause someone who would do just that, like, you just watch that and you're like, Oh, you feel unstoppable and i think mm-hmm. those are the kind of people not that i think they should be publicly shamed or deplatformed, but those are the kind of people who you go oh you might actually need like a rock bottom yeah like you actually might need to have your shit blow up yeah um just for you for you not yeah. for the fucking public to laugh at but for you you know i mean i did i did glenn beck show uh <laughs> oddly enough the other week <laughs> and we both talked about how we wouldn't have been the the the, the good parts of ourselves now without the rock bottoms. Some people fucking right need here them. too. You do? I, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, 
I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to call in a new life experience where that's not necessary yeah. for me to get it. But like, um, but historically, it was like something in me was like, no, I'm just gonna go to like make it as shitty as possible so I can learn. Right. And maybe it's because I don't take advice very well yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah, some of my, like everything that all my personal growth came from it happened the hard way and yeah sometimes we sometimes we seem to like subconsciously create those experiences for ourselves so maybe that's happening there when did you go from like was it when you kind of got in the i don't know what aubrey and the fit for service people call themselves like self-development yeah it's like the coaching space like transformational coaching yeah yeah, yeah. i I other people would call them a saying i life 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 coach i know i'm like i really that where are my qualifications there are i've been alive there are there are so many words in that space that (laughs) i still haven't called a plant medicine look one day i will uh (laughs) i don't call it drugs somewhere in between uh i'll get there but yes i feel you but was it when you got in that world because now I'm at the point, and maybe it's because I've had so many rock bottoms where as it's happening, even from like the flat tire yesterday, I go, okay, there's a reason this is happening. Why is it happening? Let's figure it out. And that shit, like I said, has become a superpower. Yeah. But there are other people, my mom, <laughs> uh, who I love dearly and is getting better at this, but who you talk to them. And just like that celebrity trying to get fucking pussy, my mom <laughs> will just copy. She, We've caught her before copy and pasting messages about how bad her day was to all the kids. <laughs> and we're just like, did she fucking send you this too? And it was like the exact same thing. It was like, she might as well be like, She's just gotta go do a group chat like my mom and just send and yeah. send. <laughs> she has the group chat too, but she, uh. she, again, much like that celebrity, she's got to slide into DMS and she wants different. <laughs> and it becomes addictive. And I used mm-hmm. to do that, right? Where someone goes, how are you? And you go, well, you know, I'm still going through this breakup and then like the, the job is weird. Oh my God. And then on top of that, <laughs> I missed the bus. And suddenly like missing the bus yeah. now has as much power as this breakup and every little thing. And you're missing all the good shit. You're missing all the opportunities. You're missing all the lessons because you're just piling on and piling mm-hmm. on and piling on. When did you get to a point where you could see shit as an opportunity Instead of just being like, everything sucks. God fucking hates me. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think a couple things. There were like two turning points. One was when I started writing about it. And I really resonated with you talking about at the beginning, like doing it for the story. Yeah. And it wasn't that I did things for the story. But once I realized that there was a story there, yeah. it actually gave meaning to all of the brutal stuff I'd been going through and yeah, it was you like kind of watch it from like a bird's eye yeah so like when I left Vegas I had this finally started recognizing how much writing like brought me to life and I was like That's oh my god brilliant. I actually I love something like everything yes. else I've done I didn't love it like this and so I spent like five months living in my sister's guest house and writing um a manuscript about like what felt like my dark night of the soul it was like addiction and like a lot of loss of who I was and trying to, you know, figure out who that was from that place. Um, And I think that, you know, I didn't, at that time I didn't have a job. 
um, I did go do a plant medicine ceremony <laughs> at that you time. Drugs. Yeah. Uh, I, did, <laughs> I did ayahuasca. There you go. And that's when everybody's life turns around. So no, uh, I'm just kidding. I, I, though, I, I still <laughs> have to. It actually didn't turn my life around. No, and that really? Was the, such a that that was one of the reasons I was like I'm definitely broken and uh, oh, no. well, uh, because I went and and did the the ayahuasca journey but you know you're supposed to do this dieta at the you know beforehand and I was just about to leave Vegas and I was still like drinking and partying and like I went up to like beyond the very last yeah, yeah, edge yeah. of when you're supposed to do that and the I whole like time you're like I was is like, the dieta the win buffet <laughs> and cocaine exactly <laughs> and then I'm in there like I'm gonna die because I didn't follow the dieta and then I oh, I didn't die but I also went back and kind of like my shaman at the time said you know this can change your life but the person has to want to change yeah. and it's true with all rock bottoms because no matter whether it's ayahuasca or anything else if you're not if you don't really want to change you might tell yourself all the time like yeah. I want to change I want a different experience Meanwhile, you're listing all the things that are going wrong for you. And there's a part of you that probably kind of likes the yeah. things that are going wrong for me. So oh. if I'm like struggling with my circumstances, but I'm still choosing to do cocaine. And right. <laughs> like drink out every weekend and, you know, yeah. have these relationships. It's like, well, you must like it enough. Yep. That or sometimes you fix the big thing. Like I haven't cheated, but I've still moved way too fast mm -hmm. in every relationship I've had. And my family, here's advice not taken. My family and my brothers, they'll always just be like, dude, go slow, go slow. And I'm like, this is different. Man, this is different. So now <laughs> they, they will make fun of me in the group, in the family thread where anytime I go, Oh, I'm going to see a friend. They just go, is she the one? Or oh. I'll be like, Oh, I met a, I met a girl at a gas station. They're like, is this dot, 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 the one? I think they started putting TM after Aww. the one. I'm just like, God, but it, it's funny. You're through, romantic. Through, yes, that's what I think. <laughs> through those, is a much better word for codependent. Uh, yes. Through those jokes though, I've started to be like, God, it was actually the jokes that illuminated that. Yeah. So I stopped doing the bad thing, my dieta of cheating, right? Um, like I haven't had an affair, but all the little things I still excuse. And I would say, I'm like, I am a romantic. I'm yeah. whimsical. I want to fall in love and move fast and, and it's bit me in the ass. Like it hasn't worked yet. Yeah. So if it hasn't fucking worked. I think things like get we we got to be like a little bit kinder with ourselves because they get better but we're still like it's it's still frustratingly slow you i know? did think about that <laughs> with austin because i was like even some of the relationships i moved too fast in that didn't work i would have moved in with them yeah. so as much as that seems like a low fucking bar it's like well i didn't move in with them so <laughs> yeah totally that's good oh no i did move in with one of them damn it <laughs> damn. uh but there There's was an ice storm one. and it was romantic <laughs> we were i slept over there and then the ice storm happened and it's like well it's been five days i might as well never leave and then i sold all my stuff and then we broke up a month later <laughs> guys look that's uh yeah um I, I had one more thing i wanted to ask you about that I'm I, I'm glad. Well, yeah, and I will say I did have some other rock bottoms that followed that, but they like. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask yeah. you. Is there was actually a turning point for well, me? And, but also the ayahuasca not being life changing must have been a really scary fucking moment because you just hear with everybody. It gives me the answers. It gives me the answers. It gives me the answers. And if you're done with that very intense ceremony and you're like, 
did it not work? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say about that is I, I try to communicate this to a lot of people because we go in with such high hopes for these kinds of experiences. And um, it's built up so much. And my first experience was very confusing and not, I didn't walk away with answers, but I am still, yeah, I, I, I will say I've done it. 22 times and i've <laughs> so <laughs> that was like um, or s- individual ceremonies so they're usually yeah. done in a cluster yeah. so you would do you know three or four at a time my blood pumps ayahuasca that's <laughs> i've, Over, no, I, I've like, only done many mushrooms years. and i want to do it so bad <laughs> i was when i was rock bottoming i was also super broke so i was just if you think oh if you think your experience is sad imagine sadly emailing uh, all the ayahuasca places and being like, I have a blue check mark and I have no money. Can I come for free, please? Like, and then like hearing back from one and I don't, even, they may have been shut down. Uh, so anyway, I'm very, no judgment. I, I desperately want to do it. And no, I'm gonna it's, do it it's probably really, it really is really powerful. And maybe this is my human nature, like wanting to weave meaning out of everything but i i didn't get any answers but my life did get dramatically better after that which in this like it was it's almost like i did this hard thing that terrified me and i thought i'd die in some kind of like divine act of retribution for my sins little tweaks (laughs) happened yeah no but it's like a shift in the tides like everything had been hard in my life for like three years and then when i got home from that trip so much opened up and so it's it has the medicine like I, works it does yeah, and fuck. i am like a big woo woo like uh, me too, me too. i find meaning in everything and i'm like it's amazing it's a yep. miracle me it's too. magic um and it works for me and that's actually the the flip side and the other side of i think probably why life has gotten better for me and turned around in so many ways is because i moved out of that zone of fixating on everything that was going wrong and i let myself like be a little bit of a magical thinker yeah. and believe that everything is working Dude, that I'm doing and it actually works when you think that way. That's the best advice I can give. I want to have a rule on this podcast where we're not allowed to prep a shit by being like, oh, this is woo-woo. Thank because you. Because usually people say that before saying something very powerful that they believe. Or if I say, oh, this is really girly, but like I'm excited for Taylor Swift's new album. No, motherfucker, I'm excited for Taylor Swift's new album, which drops in October. That's Uh, advice for me. I need it. Thank you. Right? Like, but everyone does that. And by the way, it's never terrible people who do it. No one's ever like, hey, this is kind of woo-woo, but like whites are the superior race. Like no one... Bad ever just goes, this is kind of girly, but like gays, we got to ship them to China. Like no one does that. It's always just these really sweet people who are like, hey, this is kind of stupid, but like what if we're all God and we should love each other? (laughs) And everyone's like, what woo-woo bullshit is that? And I just, I I want this podcast to be part of putting an end Uh, to like stop putting disclaimers on things you love and just own the things you love. And then if people are shitty about them, those might not be your people. And that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take that advice. It's so subconscious for me though. Is me too. It's kind of like. Dude, I do it all the time. Reflex of like, let me just let you know that I think that you might not take me seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me make the thing that helps me sound stupid. Just so we can be like, yeah, that was dumb, right? right? <laughs> totally. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Uh, and then and then you walk away yeah. feeling so sad about it. But I do it with everything. Yeah, I do too. I do it with the way I go, oh, I've become a little more like moderate politically or I think I believe in God. Like, I mean, 
I, I went to church for the first time the other day and I was just walking around like, I hope no one sees me. And it's just like, what? Wow. A church? Like yeah. so many people go to church and so many people get great. But it's. Isn't it wild how like religious, religious church <laughs> has become such a like, oh my God, what? Yeah. Yeah. In certain, especially in the spiritual community. Well, ironically. and I think that, you know. Well, I grew up in the political age of George Bush, so like church was just associated with you hate gay people mm-hmm. and you're waging war against Muslims, right? And then it was Ramdas who started talking about loving Jesus, even though he was coming from a bhakti yoga, Hinduism, Buddhist kind of place. And I go, oh, all right, maybe this Jesus guy is cool. And then you you read about Jesus, and he wasn't just like I don't get trans people. Like he was just being awesome. <laughs> oh, he's and, so good. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best, guys. <laughs> not to be woo woo, but Jesus fucking rules. Uh, all right, let's get to this segment. Um, how long have we done, by the way? Uh, we've done about fifty minutes. God Whoa. damn it! Yeah, I had a feeling. Um, it's okay if we go over a little bit today. Too. It's the first show. Okay, cool. Let's get it all in. Um, let's do, well, this is just kind of an unnamed segment, which is, I think that we should ask advice of each other. Um, my topic that I want to ask you advice on is I kind of alluded to the codependent moving too fast, all this shit. And, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm going over guys. I didn't think someone publicly would have an affair and trigger the trauma from my past. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Buzzfeed fucking dorks. And really I could have gone on and on. <laughs> I, I, w- once you brought up Vegas, I was like, we need a part two, three, four, yes, five, six. Totally. Um, we okay. Need a, we so- need a try guys part two. I think. <laughs> <laughs> try guys part two is just us figuring out what the fuck the try guys are. I also love whenever I judge something and I'm like, yeah, who are they? And then I look them up and I'm like, Oh, people who are way more famous and successful than me. <laughs> Oh, what a- 7 million subscribers on their YouTube page. Oh, okay. Guys, follow me on Instagram. I'm almost at 20,000. Um, okay. So I'm afraid now, and I can't tell the difference. So ever since that last relationship, the Winter Storm Girl, and we ended it nice, but God, it was only a month. Have you ever done this? I think more about her. And again, wasn't healthy. She's in Austin, and there's no part of me that's like going to call her. We were headed in totally different life paths and we just grabbed onto each other. But I will think about her more and we're talking, we were together for two months. It was super intense, but I'll think about her more than relationships that I was in for years. And I don't know if it's because those just slowly died. Mm. Whereas those like month too long where it's just like two months where it's like, I love you on day three and it's just, fucking just sex and love and grow, 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 and then just cut off. Yeah. I almost think sometimes that's harder or maybe it's more delusional. I don't know. But so since her, I have just been cutthroat saying no. I've said no Mm. to one night stands to people who are like, I promise this is casual. And I'm like, you're a liar. And I don't (laughs) believe them. And I say no, or I'll have like a flirty, interaction online and they want to meet up and I go, if you're not going to be my wife, like I feel like I'm turning into like a born again Christian. So help me understand like what's the, what's the driving force in your super strong boundary? Tell me your why. Okay. So, and this is why I thought it was positive, but there is part of me where people are like, dude, live a little. 
I kind of think I'm overcorrecting. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I'm at the point, especially doing things I love now. Like I'm doing so much stand up, like this podcast, other projects I have, like I'm meditate, like I'm happy. Um, that I think for the first time in my life, I don't feel like I need to just fill a, a void. Yeah. Now, with that said, the reason I got depressed two days ago is I was like lonely. I, I see a bunch mm-hmm. of really cool married couples or couples that are together. And I, I go, God, do I suddenly want kids? Because I never thought I wanted kids. And that seems so far away for me because I've just been saying no, no, no. And maybe not meeting uh, someone I'm but like there's part of me that's like I don't even want to fuck someone unless they are the, the one TM you won't know until you fuck them I know but I, and, and and if we're being Just totally kidding. honest you can probably know I'm probably, not sure but also like what if <laughs> yeah you gotta know yeah what if you get married and they're like oh I don't need pussy it's like well buddy yeah, fucking you, you should have filled really out a f- have to have sex like as soon as possible. As soon as possible. <laughs> Guys, everyone turn this off and go fuck somebody. Go fuck someone problematic. No, uh, so I think that part of me is just waiting. Also, if I'm being totally honest, and this isn't sexy, and I don't know if people can relate to it, I don't want fucking drama. Yeah. I've had drama before. I don't want drama. So I'm like, if someone is like, no, I'm totally cool, casual, and I think they're lying, and all of my girlfriends are like, they are an adult woman, they can make their own decisions. And I was like, I've thought that before. No, like I don't want any drama. Um, And that's the part of me that thinks maybe the walls are unhealthy. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I mean, with the advice I would give there is really like honoring that maybe you're in a season in your life right now where you don't, you feel more excited about different things and you might know your own history too. It might not even be just like, like they might bring drama, but you might know you're you're on some level feeling like the next person I give my energy to, I want to go all in. Yeah, that's my nature. Yeah, and that's probably a desire. And so it might be you kind of protecting yourself yeah. <laughs> from yourself. Okay, in now ways. have you ever done this? Have you ever taken a break, which I usually don't? Um, mm-hmm. This is the longest I haven't been in a relationship. And if I do it right, if I do it healthy, that means I'm building myself up. This is the advice everyone gives that I've never done. This is my advice not taken for the day. Build yourself up till you love yourself so much you're going to attract the kind of person who fits into the life you want, right? And I'm doing that. But then you get so horny or lonely that part of me is scared that I'm – because I'm limiting myself so much – that I'm just going to go the fucking opposite where I'll be sitting around and be like, dude, I'm so happy. This is amazing. <laughs> and then the next day I'll be like, should I fucking call three escorts? And like my brain just seesaws because I'm just like, and I straight up just like could be fucking horny. Yeah. And so stopping that, like I don't want to have the opposite happen where, yeah. you know, you do I so October say, and then you're fucking in rehab in November. Yeah. My per, I, my track record in relationships, <laughs> I really, I don't feel like I'm the ultimate authority on giving you advice. Well, on wait, how what's the advice that you wish you got advice, that you, your advice not taken? me, yeah. So what I would, would say from my experiences is don't go, don't swing the pendulum so far that you're like, 
abstaining to a degree like where <laughs> where you're going to have um like for me i was in this space of resisting relationship for so long and i was still entangled with people yeah. and sleeping with people occasionally and stuff but i was so re resistant to committed relationships yeah, same, itself by the way, same, that's still like that yeah. was my thing where it was like every excuse and i have to accomplish all of my goals first and i need to right. like <laughs> become this woman that i'm not yet and then i can have this relationship and what i realized is like with all that time i spent with myself and just like shutting off a deeper level of intimacy intimacy became this like big dragon that was really scary for me and I wasn't actually um practicing in having experiences that weren't really high stakes and I think that yeah. that's really valuable it's something I look back in hindsight and I'm like it would have been nice to just let myself have go on dates yeah and say no sometimes right and like walk away from short-term relationships that were like I've like I've never dated anyone for just a month right ever right <laughs> and so i'm now like well i you know i i i'm in a relationship now finally and yeah. i look back at all that time i spent just like walling off the world and so my advice is like practice that's such good advice. Uh, just look at it as practice and like if it's if you're less attached if you can just let the wife thing be in the future right. and know where you're at <laughs> yeah, then yeah, you yeah. can practice those things you didn't get to do in the past which was like I feel right. you know really drawn to you, but this isn't working for me, so I'm gonna walk away uh, before it blows up or something like totally that. You also totally called me out on something <laughs> that I didn't even notice, where I'm like, I'm fixing myself to not be codependent, and you were like, well, what are you doing right now? And I was like, looking for my wife. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the exact. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Because after COVID, COVID was the first time I was single. And I remember getting to Austin. I moved to Austin right afterwards, and I was like, I'm ready. I meditate now. I fucking <clears throat> play guitar. Like I'm ready to find the love of my life. I've done I've done the work. I did psilocybin and walked through the mountains. And then I was making the same fucking <laughs> mistakes. And I was like, but I thought I was better. And it's like, but bro, you weren't practicing. Practicing. No, you were better at being by yourself, but you're still gonna make some of those same mistakes. Yeah. <sighs> That's actually really good we're advice. We're just trying to protect That's ourselves. That's really all the good time. advice. Well, time to start fucking me and Adam <laughs> yeah, Levine. Yeah, practice, baby. <laughs> All right, before we get to uh, audience questions, do you have any advice that you need? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about this before we sat down, and I'm like, there is just so many different directions I could take this Good, because it's to make but... me feel better and not that I'm the fuck up and I'm just asking my more successful guests for advice. <laughs> I have moved through some of my some of my codependent behavior and relationship, thankful, thankfully in large part to my partner not being so codependent because i think yeah. if he was i'd probably still being triggered into the old behaviors that i used to do your partner seems but. so secure <laughs> that i even get nervous to text it's him where a, i'm like he's probably dizzy. yeah actually that's a whole thing where i'm like <laughs> i'm like get be unstable yeah. for a minute because i don't know if i can be my entire self here yes. i'm not getting to let my my crazy out stop <laughs> quoting jung um okay but yeah my question is like what i notice with me with codependence is actually in this in this like i allow people to take up so much residence in my space oh. mentally yeah. so with for example, my partner who's super stable. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when he doesn't text somebody back, he doesn't care. 
he doesn't think about it. Oh. And he, it's not that he doesn't eventually care, get back to them, but it's not in the back of his mind all the time. And I'm like a notoriously shitty texter. Yep. And what I do is with time, my inbox gets like I'm a 65,000 you know, unread message yeah. inbox email <laughs> person. And, yep. um, and my text messages are a little bit better, but what I do is I open them. So they're red, but then I forget yep. and I genuinely forget. And then I end up with this laundry list of yep. people I haven't responded to. And then you leave me a 16 minute voicemail. <laughs> yes. And then I reactive <laughs> and, and you, I'm actually a lot more responsive to than some people. And God so right. I was thinking Hear about that those. ladies. <laughs> I'm dating now. Yeah. Um, okay. um so I was thinking about this, like, actually, after sending you a, you know, however long, 15-minute voicemail. 16. Um, 16. 16 minutes <laughs> long it was. Um, I'm like, how do I get, like, resolve this thing in me that feels so anxious yeah. that she hasn't responded to people, that she's actually avoiding it? So, like, I... And I then maybe overcompensating, guilt, and then feel, I yep. like forget even more because it stresses me out. <gasps> yeah, but it's not never. It's never not stressing me out. So how do you manage like co communications in this codependent way where you're thinking about it all the time and you're like well, shaming yourself? I think do I you do, do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will probably give you ad, ad, advice not taken because I do the same thing, but I have to react right away. Because I feel guilty. And avoidant, you're anxious. Yes. So <laughs> shout out to your partner because what's funny about him. So here, as someone who has not received a text back from him before, um, there have been moments where I've been like, Well, I guess fucking Eric doesn't like me. <laughs> so I guess we're not friends or whatever. And then three months later, yes. when I get a text from him <laughs> and there's no apology, there's no anything. But there is sincerity where he's like, hey, brother, like I've been so crazy, but like I just want you to know I really love you and I'm proud of you. I just go, oh, you're proud of me? Like, and I was just like, yeah, man, he was just doing his thing. And it's not like I wrote him and was like, I need this thing right now. And like, I, I admire mm. that too, because when I get text messages, this is why they say don't check your phone first thing in the morning because suddenly you're at the the behest of everyone else and you oh, feel like oh shit i have to write these people back you know what book might help you is tim ferris um who's gonna come on this podcast i mean i don't know if he is i mean i don't know him but he lives in austin so we'll make it happen <laughs> um happen. the four hour work week when he was scaling his entire business down mm. and suddenly realizing that the majority of emails were bullshit and didn't need to answer the majority of text messages you know by the time he writes them back they go oh we actually we figured that out and i think it's finding the balance of you know me and you are also like empaths right and we want people to text us back and we want to feel seen and we want to feel loved and i like that you called it empath instead of codependent for this i moment. think so but I, like, I, I think, think it there's, is right there's where it's like that. we're kind people but we also overcommit and then get overloaded yeah. i mean this has been the first time that i haven't been texting people back and i thought everyone's gonna be mad at me and everyone just kind of gets it yeah, and they're really and they're thing cool. That's with really it. interesting. Is they're like, oh, it's fine. And I think it's also you would be a shitty person. Let's say, if the only time you texted me, so I have people like this who they won't answer me, and then I'll get a DM on Instagram that's like, hey, bro, I got a new special coming out. Like, can I go on your podcast? And then I'm just like, oh, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. And I think we're afraid we're gonna be that person 
But it's not that. It's a, a, a true friend gets that you're overwhelmed. And that's why, you know, the times yeah. you were like, oh, my God, you're being so sweet. I'm like, no, dude, I get it. Like, I get it. Yeah. And I think it's just being nicer to yourself. The answer to most problems is confidence. Mm. And it's just having the confidence that people love you for you. Having the confidence to like, right? Having yeah. the confidence to... And me is somebody who forgets to text back a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and now you don't want to use that as an excuse because you don't want to be the person who's like... You know the people who introduce themselves by their flaws? They're like, yeah. I'm just a blackout drunk guy. And you're like, that's terrible. Go to a meeting. Yeah. Uh, it's not fun, right? Like you don't want to be like, that's just my thing. You just to work on it. Yeah. And be like, oh, be, and also, I mean, here's your incentive to work on it. Besides, don't even think about the other people. I think you're thinking so hard about the other people. Think about it for you, where you're mm. just like, oh, this causes me so much stress in my life. I'm just going to hit these fucking texts yeah. when they come because it's not healthy for me. There's this guy I really like who Damn, is. Damn, that just sent me down a whole rabbit hole about whether or not I love being stressed out, which I think I do. It's addicting. <laughs> it's addicting. Yeah. Where you're just like, I'm so, we're addicted to telling problems. people how busy we are. And then yeah. that gives us excuses to not worry about shit, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yep, calling yourself out on that. And then the last thing I'll say is um, my friend Dan, who runs this podcast, he uh, Drinking Bros and Citizen, he has this really good advice when he's saying about, uh, when he tied, he will be on the show, when he talks about how to get your shit together, your life together in general. He's like, it starts with little things. Where if every day you walk by, you know, your kid's toy on the floor and you're just like, I'll pick that up tomorrow. I'll pick that up tomorrow. That is a microcosm for everything you do. Whereas if the second you see it, he's going to pick that shit up. Now you're kind of you're in the mode. Right. Yeah. That's, again, why the morning routines are so important. When I start off my morning and I write in the morning and I meditate, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm no way am I missing the gym. Yeah. No way am I missing my appointments. Like I'm fucking ready to go. Right. That's what I did tonight. I never podcast at night. And that's the reason, like, <laughs> I can pull this off. But if I'm just fucking putting shit off all day, just all oh, that anxiety work, you're going to open up more space for yourself, probably doing more things yeah. than putting them off and just sitting there. Panicking. Damn, that hits. Did I do it? That you did it. You did it well. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Guys, this next segment is brought to you by LogCast. Here's the deal. LogCast gave me a read that I'm not going to read because this is actually a product that I will use and I want you guys to use too. Anyone who has followed me or has followed my Patreon knows I try to write updates, but I'm dyslexic and can barely read. LogCast is a social media platform that uses audio, which means the reason you guys like me, the reason you guys listen to me, that is how I can interact with you. Not only that, but our AA segment, our audience advice segment that you're about to hear, uh, we're going to be able to actually bring your guys' voice into the podcast. If you have questions for me and you want to be featured on Advice Not Taken, which we want you to be featured, you can use LogCast, joining my circle, the Jamie Kilstein circle for the podcast. Submit your questions there. We will play it on your show. You will be part of the show. You will be part of the community. And you will be supporting a great new innovative company 
that supports this show. So if you want to be part of this, go download the app Logcast. It is free. It costs you nothing. All you're doing is being more involved in this show, more involved in our community, and supporting a great new company. Be ahead of the curve. I'm never ahead. I joined Twitter like 10 years too late. Join this now. Logcast. You can get it on your app store, wherever you get apps. Logcast. I'll see you over there. Fuck Very yes. motivating. All right. Last segment of the show. Um, this is going to be my favorite segment. We'll just do one question. We got a bunch uh, of questions. Um, uh, I got. I can't take credit for this. I can't take credit. Just a man over here taking credit for Sarah. <laughs> uh, she named it. Uh, this is going to be the, 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 the final segment of the show. Uh, right now it's called Jamie's AA meeting, but AA stands for audience advice. Um, nice. and it, it's still going to kind of have like an AA vibe to it, uh, except it's not anonymous and, uh, uh, it's still riddled in trauma. It's fine. Um, okay. <laughs> so this is from Hannah and Hannah wrote in to, uh, the Patreon. If you want to become a member of the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein. Uh, I'm not much of a capitalist, but I absolutely prioritize people who are on Patreon, uh, instead of my <laughs> Instagram DMS. So Hannah wrote, I have bipolar and deal with racing thoughts often. What's something I can do to deal with this? Please don't say meditate. That shit doesn't work for me. <laughs> Good luck on the new podcast. I'm super proud of you. God, our fans are the best. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, Caitlin, because I was going to say meditate. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, hey, don't get in trouble. Okay. So she struggles with racing thoughts often. Um, yeah. You know, I think so do I. I actually had a friend of mine yesterday suggest that maybe I'm bipolar, but my mom did have me tested for that when I was young Interesting. and um, I got tested for nothing I was in that generation which means I probably have everything yeah but it's why I have I'm ADHD and oh, all I these other things yeah, yeah. but Oppositional they never defiant disorder also have that <sighs> but they never medicated me because it was the 90s so that's why I'm hilarious and creative <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's that's actually what I was gonna part of what I was gonna say is like my father was bipolar um and uh I do feel like sometimes these these diagnoses are very valid and we need we need structure to embra embrace and approach whatever the challenges we are yeah. we have in our lives um we're maybe. sponsored by ritalin so you better not shit on the <laughs> pharmaceutical company I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding i'm kidding but like for me i'm a very um i'm a person who whether or not i'm diagnosed i swing in big extremes yeah, like totally. i'm and my balance is just kind of riding the wave of the fact that I'm going to have these oscillations. And it can be really, really difficult um, at times. But with racing thoughts, I, I, for me, it's like there, there's a really uh, don't you say it vicious no no okay. viciously uh, straightforward book by a Jesuit priest called um, named Anthony DeMello called Awareness. But it's just um, like it's kind of boring. It's not yeah. the it's not a, a one you know. A I total love that we've solution. we've both shit on the books we've promoted. I was like, here's a dumb it's dumb excellent. title book, but it but helps. But if me. you want yeah. someone to be nice to you, this isn't the book for you. But it's an excellent <coughs> book. It's like if you want if you want someone to like, you know, put you straight yeah. in their language. Um, that the book awareness will really just drive it home that it's. The game is always just noticing, yeah. and having um, a different, having something that you can redirect your energy to. And so, for me, a lot of the times, my racing thoughts come up 
with um, when I'm trying to sleep, which is maddening. But I will have, I've created things like one of my go-tos is using my imagination. So if I'm fixated on something that's going to happen next or has already happened, it's like, how can I use this mental space to actually imagine something that isn't attached to the future or attached to the past. Okay. And so that's that's been really helpful for me. Um, poetry writing is really helpful for me. If something, if I'm ruminating on something, yeah. there's probably something I have to say that needs to get out of my brain and yeah. onto the paper. And for me, like just writing it out and allowing myself to be really like, um, really free. And that's why I like poetry so much is you can say anything. Cause yeah. it's like, it's not, you're not writing a blog for an audience or right. something. You're, it's, it's art. And if it's aggressive, even better. And if it's, if it's, I can't stop thinking about this one effing thing, then yep. like that works too. And getting in your body, like that's over huge. and over and over again, if you're stuck up here and like you feel the energy just swirling, it's like, how can I breathe? How can I get moving, get outside? Um, just anything to direct the energy from here down back into your body yep. is going to be a pattern interrupt that will always help. Always. And then that helps you get into your head. It's like the laughter we yes. were talking about before, exactly. where it's when you can break that, whether it's through laughing, whether it's through taking a walk, whether it's going to fucking CrossFit, jujitsu, whatever, um, then you can get into your head a little more logically afterwards. Because I think a lot of people listening to the show, myself included, I'm very solutions oriented. I want to be heady about everything. Every girlfriend has been like, please stop trying to fix everything. And I was like, but I can. But you're uh, a man. That's yeah, what you do. That's what we do is we fix things except for a fucking flat tire. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> um, he helped me. But um, <laughs> the I thought that was great advice. Here's let me just say this about meditation. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> shut up. Here's what I'll say about meditation is and Emily Fletcher, who was on my podcast. Yes, and I, I think like, I heard I like her on Aubrey's podcast. She's great. Mm -hmm. Um, she says you don't meditate to be a good meditator. You meditate to be better at life or good yeah. at life. And the thing with meditation is everyone does it. I, the first time I did it, I was like, I'm in hell. So the thoughts I'm trying to get rid of, <laughs> you're essentially locking me in with. Yeah. I was like, this is terrible. But every time you have a thought, no one doesn't have thoughts. Monks don't have thoughts. Um, the rep, if you think about it at the gym, right? The rep is having a thought going back to the breath, having a thought going back to a mantra, having the thought going back mm -hmm. to whatever, right? And so when you have those racing thoughts later, you've put in the reps and the practice to you're driving in your car, you actually can stop and go, wait a second, I see what I'm doing here. And that helps me so much. So maybe it's not meditation. But there has to be some kind of mindfulness. Maybe it's you put your phone on airplane mode and every day you walk for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. right? Some kind of mindfulness where you are in a space where you can look at your thoughts and not judge them. And I'm not one of those Buddhist, you know, Sharon Salzberg who's like, look at your thoughts like a playful river. I'm like, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I can't do that, right? But I think the reps of me going, oh, dude, God, you're still thinking about that. Back to the breath. Oh, yep. Thinking about that, back to the breath. That is going to help you when you have those racing thoughts because, yeah. dude, there are times where I have so – this happened to me a couple weeks ago. I had so much anxiety, and I go, but I thought my life was in order. I was making all the right choices. I'm, am I, like, suicidal? I'm like, why do I feel so depressed? I saw myself having the thoughts, the racing thoughts that Hannah has. 
I took a breath and I go, wait, why am I having the thoughts? And then I kind of looked back at my morning and I go, well, that good thing happened. That good thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. I slammed twice as much coffee as I usually do. I literally just have anxiety from coffee right now. And even though my body was still like shaky, all I just felt this wave of relief because I go, oh, fucking idiot. You drank too much coffee. Yeah, that's fine. And so most of the times you realize maybe it's too much coffee. Maybe it's, you know, that relationship was 10 years ago. Why are you thinking about that? Maybe it's, you know, something, something else. But anything where you can practice just stopping and kindly being like, well, what's that? Let's investigate that thought. Um, I think that's your answer. So if it's not meditation, just any kind of mindfulness, go stare at a fucking river. Totally. And I love that you just pointed that out just because I think one of the reasons our racing thoughts get so uncomfortable for us is because we hold the story that we're messed up because we have racing thoughts and it should be different yes. and everybody else doesn't have this. Right. But it's like, no, the we monks have it. all do. We yes. all do. Dude, hearing Ramdas talk about meditating and being like, I'm horny, I'm hungry, I'm this. It's like, that's fucking Ramdas. You know, these are people who have yeah. meditated for like days straight. Uh, they have it. So, cause nothing is worse than trying to self help thing, fucking it up, thinking you're fucking it up. <laughs> and then ayahuasca being like, well, I guess I'm fucking broken. Ayahuasca can't fix me. <laughs> like I can't even meditate. It's like, no, it's all of us, dude. It's yeah. all of us. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the first episode. Uh, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. That's going to help, especially when we're new. It's actually the most important time to rate and review it for the iTunes stupid algorithm. I think you can do that <laughs> on Spotify as well. If this helped you, we're going to post clips about it. Um, huge thanks to Big Laugh for doing this. I'm sure they will have clips. I will have clips on my Instagram, which is at the Jamie Kilstein. You can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is blowing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Twitter at Jamie Kilstein. Uh, tour dates I'm going to be Skankfest in Las Vegas that's the world of comedy by the way Skankfest uh, Skankfest <laughs> and the biggest comedy festival in the world uh, it's sold out great title yeah, it's sold out in two minutes uh, but if you're in Vegas everyone's going to be hanging out fucking David Tell, Tim Dillon, all the best comics in the world are going to be there. Uh, so that's October 15th through 17th. And then I'm headlining the Syracuse Funny Bone, whatever the next weekend is. But you can see all my tour dates at jamiekilstein.com slash tour. And then please tune in next week. Tell your friends about the show. If any of the clips uh, helped you or this show did, it's going to be word of mouth. That's how we're going to uh, uh, get around and blow the shit up. Caitlin, what do you have to plug? Yeah, um, just right now you guys can find me on Instagram at the Poet Queen or on my website, poetqueen.com. Any, anytime we have an event for Fit for Service, uh, check me out there. I'm always present for our live events, and I'll be launching some of my own programs in the new coming year. I'm so, so excited about your programs. I'm also so yeah. excited about your poetry. She's a great poet. Also, if you get any Instagram message from like the poet queen one or like the real poet queen and they offer you a reading of any sorts it is a scam and don't click it uh cool thank you guys thank you Uh, so much go be healthy and happy and nice to people uh aloha y'all bye bye